Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. We focus on Jesus, being like Him, and glorifying Him, and aren't afraid to do so, because we've gotten past the world's myopic notion that Jesus and the Bible are irrelevant to issues and life today. October is the National Work and Family Month. It was something that was enacted by Congress in 2003, and in 2010 was signed by President Obama. And this episode is going to be devoted to how to balance your work and family life, although it's probably not going to air until after October, but it's October now when I'm recording this. I have several other podcasts in the queue that are already scheduled, so this doesn't mean that we can't do these things, because what I'm going to talk about today are things that we can do every day so that we can balance our work and our family, so that we can spend our family time with 100% devotion to our family and focus there instead of being thinking about work and, and things that are supposed to be at work, not at home. Although it's okay to think about your family while you're at work, because that's why you're at work. Okay. <laughs> okay. One of the things that has been happening lately is my wife and I are very avid mountain bikers. We also do some road biking. We just like riding bikes. It's something that we can do together, even though we're in our late 50s. It's uh, something that we decided we would really delve into together because, well, our our daughter Callie is off to her career, and so we're empty nesters, although I keep saying there's still two people in this nest. <laughs> but doing something together that, that we like together has been really helpful in getting through the hard time of, of our child being gone. But my wife has been having headaches and dizzy spells when we're hiking, especially going up some of the steep hills that we mountain bike up. And her blood pressure is up, and even though she's a classic opposite of what high blood pressure people are like, she's not overweight, she eats healthy, she exercises regularly, doesn't smoke, doesn't drink, reads her Bible, goes to church. <laughs> okay. But still, it's a, it's a hereditary thing, we think, and she went to see why is it even higher than normal, and why is she getting dizzy spells, and... So the doctor's got several tests planned and has got her scared pretty good. But we know that God's in charge, and hopefully things will work out fine and we can continue to ride bikes together. So if you're praying, please remember her in your prayers, because she's pretty scared. I know that God's in control. And we also have a side-by-side, -side, so maybe that's why we got that, is so we can spend our time doing that instead of thinking we have to bike and hike all the time. So riding together sitting down might be a good thing. <laughs> so back to our topic at hand. The first one I want to talk about as a way of leaving work at work so that when you come home and give 100% of your time and effort and thoughts to your family, I call the backpack. See, the burdens of our jobs are like a weight on our back. And some people, it's more than others especially if you're a business owner or an upper-level manager. You have a lot of burdens on you, a lot of responsibilities, and they're just like a heavy weight on you. And that weight can go home with us. 
which it doesn't belong there. That reduces our family focus if we bring that home with us. On the back of my office door is a hook. Normally I put my jacket on that or my hard hat. But before I go home each day, I look at that hook and I metaphorically place the burdens of the day in a backpack and hang it on that hook and I walk out the door and close it behind me, leaving that backpack on that door and I head home. You know what? That backpack will be there, including the burdens, when I come back the next day. And if, while I'm at home, a work burden attempts to hijack my thoughts away from my family, I say to myself, what's that doing here? It doesn't belong here because it's in my backpack on the door in my office. And I quit thinking about it right then and there. Learn to control the thoughts that you allow in your mind. If something like that jumps in your mind, stop it right there and think about something else. Usually something that really helps if I start thinking about work, to talk to one of my family members. Ask them a question. Or just engage with them somehow. And if they're not around and you have hobbies, just go right into doing a hobby or at least go to the room where where your hobby occurs. (laughs) I have a... I have a man cave. Yeah, it's called a a reloading room. Reloading is a hobby that has kind of gone awry for me. (laughs) I actually have five different presses. But reloading is really fun because it's something that I can do with my hands, and you really have to focus on it. Because if you mess up while reloading, it could be very dangerous. So it really causes you to focus on the task at hand, which is a fun thing to do. So I go to my reloading room if no one is around. And I quit thinking about work, and I start thinking about reloading or what I'm going to do at the range. Maybe there's some ladder loads I need to be working up. Or maybe I just need to clean a gun or something, or clean the room. Which rarely happens, to those of you who know me. (laughs) Everything is where I put it. Why would I move it? (laughs) Anyway, ask your family some of these questions. What was something that you did today that you really enjoyed? Or what was your favorite part of the day? Or we've got some time tomorrow. What would you really like to do? Or maybe ask them what they would like for dinner here in the next couple days if you don't have a plan. And then maybe go to the store together and buy this stuff to make it and maybe even make it together. Use it as a teaching opportunity, too. Maybe you need to go change oil in a car and show somebody how to do that. Or maybe just go over and talk to a neighbor. Ask them how they're doing. How their day's been. How, how's their job going? So that's called the backpack. It may sound silly, but it works. Believe me. The next one is called, What Time Is It? Solomon, who's the wisest man who ever lived wrote in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for specific things and a time to stop them. There's a time to work, and there's a time for family. There's a time to learn, and there's a time to do. There's a time to talk, and there's a time to do. Anyway, it's a really cool read if you can find that in Ecclesiastes. There are times to do things, and there are times to stop them and do something else. Learn when and how to stop your work time, and start 
your family time with your full attention to them. Learn how to turn something off and then turn something else on. And you know something else about that passage in Solomon? One thing that comes across is good things do come to an end, but when they do, it's because some other good things are about to start. And something that I always like to say to myself, if something comes up and it's totally different or it's scary or it's turbulence on an airplane, something that's frightening, if a welder can use that term, don't think how scary this is going to be and how afraid I am. Think, oh, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) And then see how it is. Remember, God loves you and takes care of you. You have little to worry about. Psalm 112.7 says that a righteous man will never be shaken, and he will have no fear of bad news. And Isaiah 41.13 says, For I hold you by your right hand, I, the Lord your God, and I say to you, don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. I wish I spent more time at work and less time with my family, said no one ever. (laughs) Seriously, a recent survey that I was reading of the elderly, where they asked them if they could do life over, what would they do differently? The number one answer was that they wished they had worked less and spent more time with their family, especially with their kids. And they also said that was their biggest regret in life, that they didn't do that. So yeah, no one ever said, I wish I spent more time working and less time with my family. (laughs) So be intentional about knocking off work at the specified time and spending quality and quantity time with your family. Proverbs 23.4 says, Don't work so hard for more money know when to stop and go home because money will not buy you back the time with your kids. There was many years when I was really working hard at getting more work in for for the company, especially during the slower times. I just thought if I could bid one more job, that could be the one that I get. So sometimes I would call my wife at five and say, you know, honey, there, there's, there's just no way I can make it home. I'm sorry. Go ahead and eat without me. Give her daughter a hug. I'll be there as soon as I can. And I would bid one more job and get home just in time to go to bed. I quit doing that when I realized those jobs that I bid after hours, I never got. It was a waste of time and God was not pleased with me. And that's when I really found out what Solomon was saying. There's a time to stop and trust God. Do that. Just do what you have to do. Give 100% of your time at work. Work 60 minutes for every hour that you get paid. Earn what your employer pays you. But if he says that it's time to go home at 5, if that's when your pay stops, go home and be with your family. Now, I know there are some times when things, things creep up and an emergency happens. And yeah, your devotion is, is to your work, but it's also to your family. So try and figure out what that balance is. 
and err towards the side of your family. Here's the next one. It's called, Is It Dinner Time Yet? As a working parent, I made a commitment to be home for dinner with my family every night. I even told my boss at one time that I was going to try and do that every night. If something extremely important came up, he could count on me. But I was going to make every effort I could to spend every dinner at home with my family. And I think God honored that. My employer was really pleased to hear that. And he helped. There were a couple times when I wasn't actually out the door quite yet. And it's like 5.15 and I'm just trying to finish up an email or something. He would pop his head in my office and say, what time's dinner? Is it dinner time yet? (laughs) Telling me, don't miss it. You better be getting home. (laughs) And when I was at home for dinner, our rules at dinner were like this. No electronics during dinner time, except maybe uh, some light background music. And each person was to say one thing that they liked or did good that day. And anybody could ask a question they wanted. And it became such a popular part of our day that members of my family would ask, Is it dinner time yet? Maybe they had a question, or maybe they just liked it. They just liked that interaction together, where every person felt important and had important things to say, and the people would listen. The other members of their family would listen. So I would suggest that. Spend with your family, even if it's eating out, which you can do once in a while, hopefully. (laughs) One of the things that really set this into my mind was we were at Applebee's eating, Yes, I even remember the restaurant. And there was a table next to us. We were in a booth, and there was a table next to us, kind of out in in, in the open area there, a circular table. And there was two uh, adults, so probably a a husband and wife. And there were three kids, probably age 10, I would guess, maybe 12, maybe 15, something like that. And all three kids and the wife were on their cell phone. And two of the kids had earphones in. And the guy was just sitting there with a dejected look on his face. And as I looked at that, that poor man, I had a tear well up in my eye. Because he probably was wishing he was at work. And how wrong that is. I also realized that's his fault. He's allowing that to happen. He's allowing them to be off somewhere else. And the whole time we were there, my family was talking. We were enjoying each other. And I kept glancing over, not a word at that table. Occasionally, the husband would ask for someone to pass the salt. And I remember one time, he got up and went around and grabbed it because no one heard him. Don't be like that family. Husband, take charge. Maybe do what I suggested here. Spend time with your family, no electronics, and ask questions. You can ask questions. Kids love to answer questions. Even your wife would like to answer some questions. (laughs) Or ask them. Give that a try, would you please? And remember, if this is something new for your family, you're going to have some resistance because people don't like a change. But if you say, we're going to do this for a week, by the time that week's over, they're going to want to keep doing it some more. 
Another thing that I did was I always brought up a Bible verse at the time that we had dinner. Now, there were many times, uh, I think Tuesdays and Thursdays, we always did a, a Bible study after dinner, after dinner, before we cleaned up. Um, yeah, we got kind of the plates out of the way. But we would do about a 15-minute Bible study. I remember going through several books in the Bible, and we would have each member of the family read or talk or, or something, just a real interactive time around the Word of God. I would suggest doing that too. Family devotions are a time that I fondly look back on in my childhood. At the time, I didn't like it, but now that I look back, I love those times together. Centered around God's Word and having some wonderful conversations about the passage that didn't involve something that we had to do for chores or something that, you know, who's going to clean up the dishes when we're done? No, our focus was on the Word of God and what does it mean to us? And we were learning and enjoying. And I remember my mom would also try and make some sort of funny comment. And we would look forward to the fun comment. And it usually had something to do with, if this passage happened today, what would it be like? And it was always fun and sometimes funny, like washing people's feet today. (laughs) Would that happen? And what would it be like if you walked up to some dude? Hey, can I wash your feet? (laughs) Do you know the song by Casting Crowns called The American Dream? What a wonderful song, especially for the work-life balance issue that we're talking about today. If you don't know that song, I would suggest you YouTube it so that you could get the lyrics too. Maybe I'm typing the word lyrics. And follow along with the progression of that guy's life through the lyrics of that song. And don't be that guy, okay? I remember after hearing that one time, my daughter was about oh, 13 or so. We were listening to that song in the car, and we like to listen to it with the volume up a bit because it's a good rock song. <laughs> and when it was done, my daughter, bless her heart, leaned over and said, Dad, thank you for not being like that guy. Sorry, the reason that chokes me up a bit is because at the time I thought it was. And I was going through that period of life when I was trying to get home from work, when I was going to just tell folks at work that I, I and, and my boss, I, I, I want to get home and be with my family every night. I'm not going to bid this next job because, well, I probably won't get it anyway. So I really worked hard to make her say that again or to make sure that her comment was valid. I would suggest you do that too. There's one more suggestion I want to leave with you today before we circle around and get into our final approach and land this plane. And that is, listen to those folks who care about you, whether it's a good friend or or someone who, who really knows you well. Listen to them. Solomon, again, the wisest man who ever lived, says several times in his book of Proverbs that the fool despises wise counsel. But those who seek wise counsel, who ask for advice, or listen to folks who know about them, will be profitable. A few years ago, a good friend of mine and co-worker said something to me, and it hurt at the time, 
but it was probably one of the wisest things I've ever heard. And I respect this man. And so I took it to heart, and it kind of changed my life. So thank you, Randy. He said, Kevin, you're not as important around here as you think you are. So listen to that type of advice. I was putting a lot more effort into work than needed to be. I thought I was the only one who could do stuff. I thought I was the man. And if I didn't provide, there was a lot of people who were going to go hungry. But I was just a pawn. I'm just a pawn of God's. You know, Mongo just pawn in game of life. A willing servant of God's. Working hard, yeah. I gave, I gave full effort each day that I was at work. But I needed to learn when to turn it off and not take it home. So do that. You may not be as important as you think you are, but rely on God. I always said this from then on. Do your best and let God handle the rest. My Bible is full of lots of passages underlined, notes written in the margins, lots of little comments and things. But there's one verse that is actually highlighted with a highlighter. Only one verse in the entire Bible. Everything else is done in pencil. That one verse that is highlighted, I didn't even put there. My mom did. Years ago. Years ago. Because she knew me very well. I was in college at the time in Texas. I grew up in northwest Wyoming, real close to Yellowstone Park, in a town called Powell, Wyoming. Wonderful outdoors, manly town (laughs) with lots of things to do outside. Texas, where I went to college in East Texas at Laterno University, was quite different. Uh, It's real city-fied and not much to do outside. It's real flat, and I love the mountains. Anyway, I did not like it there. Didn't like it there at all. I used to say the best, the best thing about Texas is the welcome to Texas sign in your rear view mirror. <laughs> anyway, I have grown to appreciate Texas a lot since then. But at the time, boy, did I did not like it. And she knew that I was always chasing the dollar even then. I had a Trans Am and I was fixing it up and I was always working on it and adding more things to get more and more horsepower out of it spending a lot of money on that, spending a lot of money on cassettes to play in the stereo, spending money on stereo. I was working 60 hours a week while going to college. That's a lot, folks, while taking 16 or 19 credits. Three different jobs. Anyway, what she highlighted was Philippians 4.11, where Paul says, For I have learned in whatever state I am, to be content. Learn to be content, folks. She even underlined the word state. I thought that was interesting because I was in Texas at the time, the state of Texas. But it goes much bigger and better than that. But Paul says he learned to be content with what he has. He doesn't need to be chasing other things or to have the next greatest thing, as the world says, maybe even Satan says. Oh, you're, you, you can't have that. You've got to have something bigger, better. You've got to have the newest. Yeah, you know what I mean. Learn to be content with what you have. You have to give effort to learn to be content. 
And don't let wanting the next best thing ruin your family life. Yes, we all want more and better things for our family. But maybe what we have is just fine. So that we can enjoy each other instead of things. Yeah, it's okay to want other things. But when that consumes us, when that becomes covetousness for us, which is a sin of the Ten Commandments, then we've gone too far. Don't go too far, folks. Work is okay. It's ordained by God. But so is your family. Learn what the balance is between the two and stick to it and make it a balance, maybe even equal time. I would appreciate your comments and maybe even have some other suggestions if you want to email me through my website at bluejeanschristian.com. Maybe we can do another episode where we mention some of the comments that you folks have to make sure that you have a balanced family life with work life. Hopefully you find this podcast helpful. And if you do, I would sure appreciate it if you would oh, promote it on social media sites and Maybe go to iTunes and leave a review. I think that's the only place that you can. I know this podcast is available on many different podcasting sites, but I think iTunes is the only one that you can leave a review. And what they do is they promote it more if there's more reviews. Remember, I don't get paid a cent for doing this, but I really do like to hear what the reviews are. And I would like more and more people to listen to this so that more people can learn what I've learned the hard way. (laughs) And what God has taught me. If I can pass that along and it makes your life better, well, that's fantastic. So thank you for thanking me and God by helping to promote this in those ways. Next time, we're going to be talking more about how to be like Jesus. And we're going to look at his ministry and see if we can do that too. So join us next time. It will be a really good one. Believe me, something that will really help you in your relationship with God. And with others, too, especially those at work, and especially those at home, your family. This is Kevin Brownlee. Join me again next Tuesday.